Hello, sir. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. That's good. You're looking very springy today. Yes, it's feeling springy. It's warm outside. Does that mean it's like 40 degrees? <laughs> very funny. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's going to be 90 tomorrow. So I'm planning to Whoa. be uh, spending some time on a lake. Oh, good call. Mm-hmm. Huh. Does that mean it's going to be 90 for me in like two to three days as it works its way over? I don't know. Is that how it works? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand time zones. And weather. <laughs> yeah, either, really. Yeah. Did you ask your boss if you could take the day off to go to this lake? I'm uh, playing hooky. Like, I'm not going to tell him. So Okay, that's know. even better. Yeah. Fake sick day? Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I, <laughs> I haven't done a fake sick day in a while. <laughs> yeah, I guess, suppose, like, the la- probably the last few jobs you've had, you've just been able to take time off freely pretty yeah pretty much yeah yeah hmm. yeah lucky guy i guess yeah so uh you want to talk about business business let's do it all right some stuff went down for us last week there was some some movements in the world are you alluding to the big announcement from a large company i am yes joel spencer and i are, are doing our weekly retro and we're just talking about you know things we talk about and then a friend texts me and it's a quote and it's a quote like, and because of this, we are removing remote control functionality from Slack calls. And I was like, what is this and where is it from? And then he sends me a screenshot of this email and then forwards me the email. And it turns out Slack has decided to remove remote control functionality from calls. I just don't even, I don't even understand. <laughs> <laughs> How well, how can you get such a gift? It's I amazing. don't know. But it was just like we're like, oh my God. <laughs> so so first of all, like that's just that's just great. That's just a present for us. That's just like slash just like leaving the market. That's wonderful. It creates a big opportunity where a bunch of our potential customers have been using Slack or like basically everyone that's a customer is also a Slack customer. And so it's like there's just a ton of overlap and they just decided to to leave. They're taking their toys and going home. Now, I think this is a reasonable thing for them to do, by the way. This is in the context of we're going to be improving Slack calls. As part of that, we're removing remote control. And I think that actually makes total rational sense. Like, as a, like I imagine the usage of the remote control is very low. It's very hard. <laughs> it takes a ton of work to do it, even okay-ish. I totally think this is actually probably a really good call for them. <laughs> it worked out real well in our favor, I would say. Yeah, because like optimizing for human faces is different than optimizing for editors right when you're when you're sharing things so like it kind of makes sense that if they're trying to like maintain this basically piece of legacy for them it could presumably slow them down on improving the oh 100 and also yeah. it's hard to do remote control inside electron mm, which is yeah. what they, which is what they do yeah so it's like if you want to keep the electron thing which i'm sure they don't want to throw away you're gonna have a hard time getting the control you need which is what like the, the determination we came to so I think it's rational, but man, so, so we, I got this email and I was like, all right, we need to, we got to act like immediately. This is actually a big opportunity. As best we could tell, they emailed, I think all their paid customers, or at least all the paid customers that had used remote control. I was like, okay, there's, there's going to be a lot of people talking about this. And a lot of people like, we'll start looking around for an answer to this. And so I emailed all our customers and I said, Hey, I have like a, I have a time sensitive favor to ask which is this is what's going down. If you could hop on Twitter and say something about what you're doing to solve this problem, it would be a huge help for us. And 
people did it like crazy. Like our customers are the best. We kind of dominated the news cycle, it felt like, from my perspective, where just like it seemed like every thread that I saw where someone was like, oh, this sucks. So like one of our customers would be like, hey, I've been using Tuple and it's great. You should check it out. And then and people would say things that I wasn't even like I didn't prompt them on what to say, really. But people would like volunteer things that were just like great for us to hear, too, where they're like they're really responsive. They, I feel like they're like they fix things quickly when I tell them there's bugs. And it was just it was just an awesome, awesome validation to get. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. that And that's even better than just people mentioning like, hey, have you checked out Tuple? It's like, no, I've used it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the hype is real. You know? And that to me was the the strength was that it wasn't us popping in all these threads being like, hey, you should use us. It was instead our customers saying nice things about us. It was just awesome. And so we had like a, well, first of all, it was just like heartwarming. It was just like, oh man, this, this work we put in is paying off. Our, our customers do like us. They are happy with the thing. Like they're, the things they're saying made us feel great. It paid off as well in terms of like, we had a huge surge in signups to the mailing list. As you'd imagine, people were emailing me and DMing me asking for access, just like really sort of kicked off a whole wave of interest. That's a heck of a day. That's incredible. Whose idea was it to, to email the customers? That was me. Nice. Yeah. Because sometimes you got to kick the marketing machine into, into gear. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, I was like, okay, there's going to be a ton of people. That, this is going to be the hot topic for today. Like, how do we be on top of this? Uh, and it was just like, well, I, it's time to maybe spend a little bit of that social capital that we've been building up. Like if, if I'm right, and we've been building a goodwill by trying to ship a good product and be responsive, people might be willing to help us out here. And they really were. And man, if, if you were one of those people, thank you so much. It was so awesome from like for the business, but also just for our psyches just to be like, ah, oh, we, we are doing something good. It feels so good. It's, it's, it's I don't know, the, the irrational brain part of me is always focused on or not always, but often focuses on the negatives and blows those, you know, up to a big thing. So just getting a lot of positive feedback like that was just was just wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it was a gift to you guys for sure too because like I remember the same thing building drip like people once people were pretty happy, a lot of times we didn't hear from that often. The communication is often skewed towards the people who are having issues or have questions or whatever. So, this is good. nice for you guys to get a surge of of positivity. I'm like a little scared to jinx it. Like this is just so good. Like I I hope the protests don't get to be too large so Slack changes their mind cuz this is just awesome. Slack calls was never, never had great remote control. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't that good, honestly. And so they kind of weren't a competitor in the sense that they weren't competitive with quality, but there was always this like drag of, well, I'm already paying for Slack and it has this in that it's not very good, but I'm already paying for it. And so people would often have trouble like selling their boss on it. It's like, doesn't Slack have this? And they'd be like, yeah, I mean, kind of. And so it was just, it was just often like would kind of be a, a stumbling block in the sales process. Or I think turn people off from like remote pairing in general. They would try it and be like, this is terrible. And they just wouldn't do it again. Right. Yeah. And it's enough for, for a manager to, to ask their team like, well, have you tried doing this? And they, the team just says, nah, it doesn't work that well. Then you have potentially engineering management saying like, well, remote pairing is just not a thing that's feasible. Mm-hmm. So Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's sort of an interesting story here that I think maybe will never get told, which is like the screen hero saga. Because... The, the shape from the outside is like Slack bought Screen Hero, integrated it into the product, and then removed it. And it's like more nuanced than that. Like there's, there's, that's kind of like the official story, but I, there's more to it. But I don't think it's ever going to get out there. Yeah. What, I mean, do you have a hunch on what, what the deeper narrative is there? Like, because I can't remember, did Slack calls exist or they didn't have any Slack calling stuff before they acquired Screen Hero? Do you remember? I don't know. I have a little bit of information about this situation, but I kind of can't really say. 
I wanted to write like a the story. I wanted to write this up somewhere and just like interview a bunch of people involved and like kind of try to get, like have the definitive answer to like what what went down here. But it's like kind of a sensitive thing and and it, it it's a little bit too self-interested, I think, for me to write a, like a, a impartial story where it's like if I were like at the New York Times, I could dig into this all this like sensitive stuff and just like have anonymous sources or whatever. But like I feel like because it's like it's just too adjacent to what I'm doing, it's like I'm going to look motivated no matter what. And so I just think I can't do it. Yeah. So my guess, and you don't have to, you don't have to say anything from what you know. My guess is it was, it was more of an aqua hire than like a, than like a technology acquisition. Like they wanted these smart people who had engineered a system like this and they wanted to build this thing into their product, but they maybe weren't as motivated by the remote pairing thing from the get go. That's kind of my, that's my hunch you know sure <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna, I'm gonna not comment on any of that yeah but what a what a turn of events mm-hmm. yeah silicon valley is a weird a weird place where like beloved tools get acquired and shut down or eventually folded up it's just mm-hmm. it's so weird yeah but it's i i'm honestly just from a purely selfish point of view <laughs> it's it's kind of awesome to be like oh like doesn't slack have this like oh no not anymore uh, then, I mean, sure, screen sharing, but not remote control. So if you want to do any of that, then then nah, uh, which is, is pretty nice for us. It's just like basically the I would say the biggest competitor. I don't know, maybe Zoom. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but just have a just have a giant player leave the spaces. Man, I couldn't have engineered myself a better change in the market. I would say. Yeah. Wow. Well, congrats. <laughs> congrats <laughs> on the gift. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. People talk about trying to increase your luck surface area. Where like you have to kind of be out there doing stuff and then to be the recipient of like fortunate turns of events. And this totally feels like one of them. Like I, I said to Joel, I was like, you know, I, I could almost imagine a, a, a timeline where we didn't actually pull the trigger and start working on this. And we would see this announcement and be like, oh, imagine if we'd spent the last year building a product that would just like be, uh, you know, help solve this now even bigger gap. Uh, but instead, because we were out there doing it and we've been building goodwill and, and all that and, and working hard, like we, we have this, this answer and we can take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a smart way to look at it. And like, as I've been thinking about, this kind of aligns with, with how I've been thinking about my next steps. And like, if I don't arrive at like the idea that I know for sure I want to build, I mean, something I want to start doing is just like continue shipping, whether it's or not start doing, but continue doing is just shipping regularly, whether it's writing, continuing to podcast, and then maybe even building some, some software in like very narrowly scoped single purpose tools that I can knock out pretty quickly, put it out into the world and see what comes back my way. I mean, good things always arise when you are putting things out into the world or putting effort into something. Yes. And continually taking swings. Yeah, I remember an interesting talk by I think it was Scott Chacon, one of the co-founders of GitHub, or maybe been Tom, I'm not sure, but it was one of these co-founders and saying like, by the way, like he was a few, a few years into GitHub and it was looking quite successful, and he was like sort of saying like his lessons learned, and he was saying, by the way, like I did like 20 different projects before GitHub happened, and none of them went anywhere really, but I was there meeting people, making friends, shipping, like getting used to shipping stuff, getting it out in the world, and I just I feel like that's a really common. Uh, refrain from people. Something I learned about, I don't know if I can say his name yet, but one of our uh, upcoming podcast guests, who is quite well known, had something like five failures before his current, you know, large success that he is piloting. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you and I talked to him. And it's like, wow, he's just like, 
killing it. It's like, you know, impressive guy doing awesome things. Like, yeah, but I had like, if you talk to him after start at number three, you'd be like, oh, you're sort of a serial didn't quite make it work yet guy. Like, you know, it, was, it just takes time and effort. And I feel like I'm the beneficiary of a lot of my previous projects that were like much smaller, much less ambitious. But now because I've made those, those mistakes already and, and learned from them, I, I'm, this is going better than the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, I think some of it is learning from mistakes. Some of it is just purely, uh, I mean, it's a complex system, the world we live in and the markets we serve. So like part of it is just having, having the amount of exposure that you have maybe positions you to get the early traction that you're getting with this. And if you weren't somewhat of a known quantity in the space that you're serving, then like this may not look nearly like it does right now for you, you know? And totally. Oh, absolutely. So, so many factors go into it. There's maybe some kind of equation hidden under here that kind of dictates like some people some people start on like one business and then they iterate 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 and it takes three years to get to success so arguably they've done like multiple little types of startups inside of that you know pivoting or just iterating and changing directions until they reach product market fit and some people will knock it out of the park right away but it's after doing a bunch of iteration on other startups before that so like there's kind of this timeline and whether you're focusing all your efforts on one business and continuing to iterate and pivot it or you're starting multiple successive things that lead up to your success like i feel like there's this timeline that's very hard to to cheat so i would second that it's just it's hard and it's like you don't start playing the piano beautifully the first time you touch the keys you got to work on it and work your way up and it's, it's it's like that, I think. Yep. Yep. So let's let's all keep swinging and taking shots and and doing stuff. Yeah. Just keep shipping. That's the title of my next blog post. <laughs> I like it. This this yeah. is one of my tweets that like had one of the best responses was was something like you can learn more by shipping one or two side projects per year than reading almost any amount of blog posts, podcasts, whatever. Doing a thing and, and getting it out in the world is just worth a hundred x. You know, reading about it, listening about it. I mean, except for this podcast, you should definitely keep listening to this podcast, but also ship a side project if that's where you're at. All right. So that was that. That's pretty cool. Also, we shipped, uh, well, we're, uh, we're almost done shipping international keyboard support or like non-US keyboards, which is pretty great. Uh, we were US keyboards only, and we didn't even support Dvorak, which kind of hurt my soul as a Dvorak <laughs> user. Uh, are you, are you a current Dvorak user? Yeah, I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I don't, I don't recommend it, by the way. In, except, well, in, in general, no. So if you have repetitive stress and you want to uh, have an easier layout to type on, Dvorak is nice because you stay in the home row more often. But the annoyances of using other people's computers and <laughs> tools like Tuple not working for you right away. And like there's like you run into a lot of weird little keyboard shortcut bugs in various apps because no one's using your layout. And like, oh, but it's that's a P for me. You're like, oh, but that's actually an R in QWERTY and we bound the key code and not the whatever. Like there's just a lot of... Oh, interesting. It's kind of not worth it. But if you're having RSI, it might be worth it. Did you switch or, or have you been a longtime user? No, I've been, I switched uh, like 18 years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know what's weird? I'm 36 now. So things that I started doing at 18, I've been doing for half my life. Oh, that's... That's freaky. And there are things <laughs> that I started doing around 18, and I'm like, wow, I've been doing yeah. it for half my life. How about that? So that's... <laughs> just saying anything 18 years ago, that just sounds like a really long time, too. Right? right? But like, <laughs> I was kind of sort of an adult at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's it's weird. Like, I've been programming for half my life now, it turns out. Yeah. 18 years. Ridiculous. Getting old. 
that's cool. We're, we found like an edge case, of course, <laughs> that we didn't support. Um, but now, uh, I think Joel figured that out today. So like our sort of V1 of that is already out. And I think V2 that fixes the remainder uh, is going out uh, soonish, which is awesome. And then just today, I don't want to count my chickens, but I got a verbal yes on uh, what would be our largest deal yet, mm. which would be pretty cool. Nice. So nice. don't jinx it, but who knows? Might happen. Was this an enterprise-y type of longer sale or was it? No, they sort of came in the normal way. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, wow, you added a lot of users. Mm -hmm. And so um, they came to the end of their trial and they reached out and said, hey, we want to talk about pricing. And we're like, yeah, okay. And so I just did a call with them. And um, the basic gist is we kind of came to an agreement, which is like, okay, you're going to be hiring this year and you might expand and you're not quite sure who's going to use it or how much. So like, what if we just agreed on a number? And that's going to cover you as a site license for the year. We found a number that we were both happy with. And so I like that just because it's sort of simple. It like it kind of just the objections were like, well, what about people that stop using it? Or what about this? And it's like, eh, let's just let's just try to just come up with something that we both feel good about. And that stays like really straightforward to think about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then is it annual annual pricing? Yes. So, for the, yeah. Well, so I said, this will cover the next year. And then we'll talk again in a year and say, like, OK, today you have X users. Let's talk about what the next year will probably cost. Right, right. Yeah. nice i like it yeah me too so that'll be that'd be cool <laughs> might not happen i've seen these things fall apart at this stage before so who knows might not go through but uh seems good seems promising awesome awesome and you didn't have to do a a um security audit shh, or whatever shh, 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 shh. <laughs> don't jinx it <laughs> <laughs> okay i will close my mouth <laughs> we don't need to because uh, we're good mm-hmm mm -hmm. so i'm working another deal that is a for a very security conscious customer and they sent us over, like, we have a security doc that talks about how we do what we do and how we're trying not to be idiots about security. And uh, we passed the sort of initial review. Like, so they said, okay, you can, you can try this with limited team. So uh, we're not totally stupid about it. <laughs> we're trying to do it right. But it's, it's nice when people just kind of say, okay, that seems good. No need to fill out this doc. And the other day, someone sent me a security audit. And I was like, sorry, we don't fill these out. Here's our doc. Like, let me know if you need anything. And they're like, oh, this will do. This will be fine. I was like, oh my god! Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's amazing! Yeah, yeah, and ridiculous and amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes saying no is great. Large company stuff, man. So yeah, weird. Man. I hope we never do that. I hope we never impose that on anyone. <laughs> we'll see. So what's up with you? Um, you know, just kind of existing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> continuing to. Um, to, as I mentioned before, to to write. So this writing cadence has been good. And the last last couple of posts have gotten a good amount of circulation on Hacker News and the Twitter sphere. So continuing to kind of grow the grow the email list, which is nice on my personal personal site. Just so much positive reception from people. Like I'm just I'm kind of continually blown away by the amount of kind of supportive feedback that I've gotten. And just like validation that like hey man i'm still you know I'm, I'm a fan thank you for sharing your journey i hope you keep sharing i can't wait to see what you do next like it's just kind of an onslaught and so i'm <laughs> an onslaught of positivity yeah yeah right so i'm overwhelmed flattered just feel like man we we have a really special community here totally agree yeah you and i like texted about that after your uh like level recap post went out yeah, it's just like people are just so nice and supportive. It's it's awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm still getting a number, you know, a fair number of emails a day. And so I'm kind of trying to trying to be deliberate about 
for me, a form of shipping is delivering value to people where I can. So I'm getting people emailing saying like, hey, I could use some advice on this thing. And I just read your post and I feel like you'd be a good person to talk to about this. And I'm trying to do that as much as I can, like still kind of balancing, you know, not like spending every minute of the day on calls and stuff. But like it's it's been good. And I think this is just part of that call it luck surface area, call it whatever, you know, just put putting value out there while I'm kind of contemplating and thinking. And I mean, conversations I have do have kind of already helped inform some of my thinking on stuff. So I think I'm just going to, I'm continuing to do this and I think it's a good part of my process. So. Nice. So I wanted to ask you something about the post you just wrote, uh, which is about how you are filtering your ideas for the next thing you might build. Some people should read that, and that was a good post. I liked it, and I, I like that you're writing more. I think it's awesome. One thing I didn't see on there was, I think, a mention of filtering things that you don't feel personally passionate about. Mm, mm. What are your thoughts on that? I think that probably I probably could add that to the list. Yeah, I think I did mention like I want to serve my audience, or some, or at least have partial overlap with my existing audience, which kind of means like serving people similar to what I'm doing, you know, developers or entrepreneur developers or founders. So I feel like that sort of covers it a little bit. Like, like if I'm solving my own problems, that's probably stuff I'm kind of inherently interested in. But I think that is an important component. And I wouldn't want to, for example, go build, you know, a tool for construction managers or realtors or something like that. Like it would have to be, I think it has to be a problem space that I want to wake up in the morning every day and work on. (laughs) So yeah, that's that would be a good one to add, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I was just curious when I saw that. Yeah. 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 I could see that being an easy way to fail, I guess. Mm-hmm. By picking like, something picking something that you don't care about at all. Yeah. yeah. Like I think I could probably stay excited about the idea of building a business for like a couple years, maybe, in a field I didn't care about, but like pretty quickly. I feel like to do anything really great takes three years anyway. And so it's like, I would just see myself kind of like being like, do I really care about whatever this particular niche I've picked? And if, if the answer were yet, weren't yes, I would, I could, would have a hard time staying motivated, I think. Yeah. I only heard very little trolling, very little negative, uh, negative response to, to, to the post. But like the one, the one person who was rude to me was like, this is just devoid of all passion. And like, you have to have passion about what you're working on. And this is like, this is so disingenuous. And like, I guess I can kind of see, like, I didn't explicitly mention that, like, I'm one of the criteria being passionate about the problem that I'm solving. I feel like it's kind of was implied, but it's probably worth, like, also explicitly calling out to myself and potentially adding to the post, you know, that, like, mm-hmm. I think that is important. So, yeah, I like this phrase of product market founder fit a lot, where it's like, is this is this the right product for you to build in particular? I think thinking about that is, is pretty important. Although then again, I bet you weren't like, incredibly excited about email automation like marketing automation Mm -hmm. and you probably still had a great like it seems like you had a good time building that business and it was challenging and interesting and so i don't know like i I know i have friends that work in on businesses in fields they don't really care that much about but they they find a lot of joy in the building of the business itself yeah yeah i think if the parameters of the business are enjoyable like i'm not having to do enterprise sales for example but getting to build kind of a nice self-service engine and like if the market that i'm serving is interesting to me like there are people that i like talking to regularly because that's that's kind of important you know if you're going to be dealing with support requests and stuff and i think that was a lot of the joy i had with drip early on was like 
these were we were selling to like the microconf crowd and and kind of a few layers outside of that but that was kind of just people who roughly were on the same wavelength and i think that that made it enjoyable and and especially in the early days where we were really trying to hammer out product mechanics and and what features to build and stuff like that like it was fun talking to those people so mm-hmm. i think that's gotcha. yeah uh, that makes sense the audience being really important sounds sounds right to me we, we sometimes get bug reports and people will they're either like really good like i have some reproduction steps for you or sometimes people will apologize be like sorry i don't have better steps this kind of happened when we did this i don't really know but they, they, you can tell they understand how to how to debug a problem yeah it's like you you don't want to get yourself in a type of business where like people maybe you know the customer base assumes that you should be treated like comcast or something where people are just always angry and assuming that you're negligent you know like that wouldn't be a fun type of business to support definitely yep and that was that was one of the things that struck me about people um when they were talking like talking us up on twitter was talking about how like we're responsive and we we, we get things done for them and that felt that was awesome that's kind of, one of that was a great validation for like joel in particular because he's like the first line of support defense but just us in, in general where like we people we try to like when someone sends us a good idea we try to build it and it's it's just like it's so it's nice to see that kind of come back yeah it's good to get that reputation naturally too not like you're just touting on your homepage. like we are great at support but like it's emerging naturally from you just doing the work of, of providing good support so yeah yeah it, it's it's like you said like people are nice or like generally like supportive and nice to you <laughs> i think a lot of that is uh, that you are supportive and nice to, to the world like you you share your journey and your struggles and all that and and people respond to that authenticity this this is somebody said this to me bro i I was expressing kind of the same thing where i was like i can't believe how nice people are to me on the internet and someone's like you're nice to people on the internet i was like oh yeah i am (laughs) like i never thought about like (laughs) the inputs to this equation right i was just like how about that output that's weird yeah yeah but like if you were constantly a jerk i bet your audience would have a lot more jerks in it golden rule kind of applies yeah and yeah and and we've been doing this for a while now and like putting out a, a lot of things for a long time. And so it's like, we have a bit of an audience and it's just, we slowly but surely built up an audience that I think maybe our behavior and our, our realness resonates with them. Yeah. And I think that's why, especially right now, it would be a shame not to, for me, not to like try my hardest to build a business that solves a problem for these people who have grown to trust me and, and you know, all that, goodwill i want to i want you know i want to continue to provide value through the business that i have so yep 100 percent. that's a good idea yeah it's such a marketing tailwind mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you can't you can't force that you can't just that, that takes time and you can't be for rushed. sure yeah i feel like picking a new a, a different audience would be such business on hard mode you know mm-hmm mm-hmm so you're in exploration mode right now do you feel pressure to come up with the next thing um, I'm just trying to abate that pressure from myself. Like no one around me is pressuring me, which is nice. <laughs> My wife is like, dude, you got to like chill out. Like don't <laughs> every time I sit back and I'm like, ah, I got to think of something. She's like, just relax. Like this takes time. So it's good to have supportive people around me. If there's any pressure, it's just from myself. And I kind of talk about this in the post that I'm writing right now, where like this whole like continuing to ship thing is probably the primary antidote for not getting completely restless and and stressed out i mean even if it's not as tangible as like shipping features it still triggers the same things in my brain and keeps me sane you know yeah new blog post gives that dopamine <laughs> reaction plus I, I honestly think you're building you're doing something valuable 
you're not just like seeking that that pleasurable feeling but like you're calling people towards you who who resonate with you and things like that the energy of the universe man yeah and you know what i'd like i'll get my adam mention in right now like i really admire (laughs) i thought we were gonna get through Uh, i said tailwind earlier but i was like i'm not gonna mention adam (laughs) okay no but i just i really admire like how adam works like he puts relentless energy into everything he does you can tell that like when he was redesigning the tailwind docks and he was like almost a tortured creative on like oh it's just not good enough yet and i like saw some early iterations of it i'm like damn this looks really really good but he just cares about the details because he cares about delivering really good stuff and i'm trying to apply that like i'm not going to hurry my the post that i'm writing i want to try to put pour that much energy into it to make sure that i'm like you know i'm not just dumping thoughts on a page but i'm actually forming things in a way that like will actually be helpful to people you know totally that's i think that's a good idea although i think all adam would also warn you about the flip side of this which is like a little bit of perfectionism well yeah that's that's the extreme version of it that has to be you gotta find the middle or middle-ish yeah yeah adam is a tuple customer and this is why like he is one of my bellwethers for like how are we actually doing because he will tell me the truth and he has high standards and it's like people like that are, are valuable yeah yeah totally. but you're right he sweats the details mm-hmm. you should ask him about his um tdd course sometime it has like 240 videos or something ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh because oh he was gosh. like i'm gonna show you how to build a complete app using tdd and he's like oh my god wait a second this could take <laughs> so many hours yeah 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 hmm. cool well well i guess that's it i think that's it okay <laughs> Should we keep telling people where the show notes are? I don't know. Do they know? I mean, I guess new listeners don't know. I guess they don't, but don't they wouldn't they be linked in the show notes? Oh, wait, where would you get No, you get the show notes in the episode thing in your in your podcast. That's true. That's true. Maybe we need a new sign-off bit. Oh, yeah. All right, if you would like to uh give us a sign-off bit, <laughs> you should tweet at us. Say I'm definitely not witty enough to come up with one right now on the spot. <laughs> yeah, no. That would be too much to ask of anyone. Yes. Um, maybe for now we'll tell people where the show notes are and in the future we can have a new sign off bid sounds good let's do it All right. so where are the show notes located the show notes are at artofproductpodcast.com thanks for listening see ya bye